Hi, I'm Renee Philpott, and this is Selling with Charm. After over 26 years in sales, there's one thing I have learned. Sales is fun. Join me as I help you simplify your sales process, and together we will reach your weekly, monthly, and yearly goals. Let's get started. Hi, Earl. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. Now, this week, I am excited to talk about the changes that we have been through at PDS. Sometimes we've seen a pivot. Sometimes we have adjusted. But I thought we'd just go way back and talk about some of the early mistakes that were almost pivots and how maybe it was a distraction rather than a pivot. And just talk a little bit about that. What do you think? But your podcast, we'll talk about your mistakes. So, Yeah, because I'm the only one that ever makes any, right? I've not made any, so. Okay. So we started PDS. We got our um, resale certificate, I think, in November 2002. Mm-hmm. And that, so I was PDS's only full-time employee at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you joined me in February 2003, and everything was going pretty well. We, we were always growing. It was exciting. Just And we were selling a pre-owned equipment. Yes. Off-lease, pre-owned equipment. And we were really, because we saw a need in the market. We really saw that we we could fill a spot that in the market that people really needed what we could provide. So we were doing really well and it was all exciting and everything was new. And it all went really well. Um, we The boys were growing. We built a new house, all kinds of stuff. And um, then we bought the building that we were renting. We started out just a small section downstairs. That was a 10,000 square foot building. And we probably had what, about 1250 of it in the beginning or something. Um, yeah, it was the way it was split up. It's like, yeah, that's about all we had. That would be a, that would be a lot of it. Cause it, <laughs> it probably was, you know, the 1250 probably been a whole, a, a big number there. It's like, yeah, the way it was split up. So. Yeah. So, um, and that seemed like a big lot of space for us. I mean, it was just me and you, and we had a couple of shelves for parts and supplies. This is the way I remember it. One desk kind of shoved in the corner and a phone. Mm. Um, and that, that seemed to be sufficient all those years. Um, and, and then the guy who had offered the, who owned the building had offered it to us for one price when we moved in and he honored his price because they were getting ready to retire. Mm -hmm. And it was no big deal to you that we were buying this building the way that I remember, but it seemed like a huge burden to me because we had only been paying, I think, about $700 a month rent. And this was going to be just, uh, for some reason, it felt very heavy to me. We were going to be you know, buying this building, a huge building, when we were only using part of it. It felt very heavy to me. Well, at the time, we were in a single-car garage. So when we this it was like a big upgrade to us. And um, But when he had told us that he would be, if we was interested in buying it, he priced it. It was several years later when he, he like he said, and I, so I, when I asked him, he said, yeah, he would still honor the price he had told me. But, you know, they was a church renting part of it. So I was looking at the income that was coming. It wasn't a lot, but it was some coming in hit. And, and then I looked at it, had all of a sudden, I could use this other space for, you know, to expand in here and stuff like that. So, yeah, but I got a little caught up in this building and how we could earn some more money from the building so I wouldn't have to worry about paying for it. And, you, you know, I did not really have expanding on my mind. We had grown every year and we were at a steady pace and it was good and controllable. 
Um, and I, I, I don't know, for some reason, you know, sometimes people will tell you to think bigger. I probably need somebody to tell me that because I was not thinking bigger. Um, but I decided that I needed to find something else to put in the empty space upstairs. So I looked in these those little newspapers at the time. There was this free little bargain newspapers, and I found a fabric store for sale. Now, I could have been thinking like Earl and thinking about expanding, but I was not. I was thinking instead of a new venture that I wanted to get into, and there was a fabric store for sale. And the uh, it was listed whole entire fabric store, and but it had to be moved, and it was $1,500 is what I remember because I didn't even have to pay all $1,500 in up front. You just, we went to look at it. It was an entire building full of fabric and all of the racks. And this was not just folded fabric. This was big decorating, oh. decorators, upholstery fabric. It was rolls on big metal stands, uh, fabric holders. And it shared all kinds of stuff. Anyway, she needed to get out of the building by the end of the month. And she said, um, if you can pay $500 now, $500 next month, and $500 after, I just need to get out of this building. So I wrote her a check for $500, and uh, you rented a U-Haul. Uh, we rented a 26-foot U-Haul, me and my younger brother. And we went over, and this building didn't seem that big, but... We loaded the 26-foot U-Haul down completely all the way back to the door with the shelves and started loading fabric. We went back to the office, unloaded it. Then we went back again with the same truck and loaded it completely down again. It was it was getting in the middle of the night. I mean, it was, I don't know, it was dark. It was outside and stuff like that. And we finally got all this stuff loaded up like that and got it back. Um, unloaded it that night because we had to have the U-Haul back in order not to pay for another day with it. And all I remember is like that, I'd have given $3,000 to keep it um, because it was horrible. It was it was absolutely just a bad adventure. And um, Renee thought it was great because she hadn't touched one roll of it yet. Um, so I know they was probably, it felt like 150,000 rolls of fabrics like it. It was everywhere. It was, we loaded and pawed and stuck and tried to get it all in there. And I remember thinking, like, yeah, this just, you know, we should have been renting this spot out to other people instead of trying to fill it ourselves for this part. Well, I really, I got distracted because I love fabric. So I was distracted by the idea that we could have something there making money. And I really loved it. It was pretty, you know, copiers are a lot of things, but they're not really pretty. And I was just thinking about how pretty this fabric was going to be and that everybody would want to buy it and it was going to help us pay for this building. Um, and it seems ridiculous now. But at the time, when I asked you about going to look at the fabric, when we went to look at it, I don't remember you talking me out of it or even trying to distract me from it. You... Well, I've been down so many goose chases and so I get over this 30-year marriage <laughs> that you know, and you wanted to do it. And I said, you know, whatever you want to do, if you feel like you can do this right here, you know, I'll back you and we'll, we'll push forward and see if we can do this like that. Yeah. So, um, that was, so we had been in business by this time. This was the spring, early summer, 2007. And so we had been in business going on five years and it, 
again, it seemed like a great idea. And I had to get some help to come in, help me set it up and all that. And I don't remember what happened other than this. We had been um, trying to get a new copier manufacturer um, to sign us on as a dealer. And this kind of happened in, I was a little bit bored because I had been, um, I'd found someone who was going to sign us on as a dealer and I was pretty excited about it, but then it went cold and I kind of got uh, a little bored at, at that point. Um, but another uh, one of the potential prospects that I had was looking, they had a bid and they would only consider new equipment. So during the time we set up the fabric store and um, I was getting ready to work on that and pursue that. Now, I never was giving up on copiers. I just thought I could do it all. I was going to do them both. And not, it was not going to get in my way at all. But um, lo and behold, when we decided that we needed to continue to pursue a new dealership, um, I quickly forgot about fabric because um, it takes a whole lot of fabric to make up for what a copier sells for. And I really didn't know anything about fabric, to be honest. I could feel it and um, I can always pick out good quality. Um, but beyond that, that's about it. So um, I, I quickly realized I was in over my head with this fabric and it's so it was so much easier to get right back out and sell copiers than it was to the to pursue and the learning curve going along with fabric. So um, I just gave up on the idea and said, you know, well, I've got to figure out this dealership thing. So the one had gone cold. We, we had another one we were ready to sign with. And all of a sudden, we got a phone call from the original manufacturer. It's Conica Minolta. And they were ready to sign us. I mean, ready to take on the order. And, um, you know, sent us the paperwork. And I think it was around, we got the paperwork maybe on around the day after Christmas, mm -hmm. sometime around there. And they asked us, you know, to sign up for, for the opening order. It's $50,000. And um, I just really put down a bunch of equipment. I mean, the first few, I knew what I wanted because at the time, the, the other reason we really needed a new manufacturer's technology was changing a lot at the time. Again, this was 2000, the end of 2007. So um, color was changing so rapidly and we needed new color to offer. So um, I, I loaded up my order with the color, but beyond that, I didn't really know. And um, they said, oh, don't worry about it. It won't ship until you're trained. So just, you know, whatever you put on there, you'll have to be trained first. Well, that was not right because it did ship. <laughs> and then January 2nd, it all showed up. Uh, we were not trained. Earl had not had his first class yet. Actually, he was leaving. I was leaving the first week. They, they got me into kind of a special entrance into a school. Yeah. So we um, had to do that. So here we were with all this equipment that needed to be sold. And Earl was on his way to training. And I had to get rid of a fabric store. So we put it online on eBay mm -hmm. and listed it listed the whole thing and somebody bought it and they came and it was so much fabric. They came from New York and they also had U-Haul and they filled it up and still left about half the store, left a note because we just left them the keys and said, 
you know, just let us know when you're done. And they left a note, you can have the rest. We got a great deal. So we ended up selling it a second time. We sold the second set. And I'm happy to say it was profitable, but not as profitable <laughs> as selling copiers. And um, this adventure that really took us days and days, when I look back, uh, at least we spent at least a month. I spent at least a month of my time all together, um, really pursuing something that was a dead end and a bad idea and a distraction. But I think it made me do so much better with copiers because I realized that other stuff was a lot of work. Mm -hmm. It was definitely <laughs> a lot of work for me. I don't know as much for her, but it was a lot of work for me. So um, that that was really so in, in um, officially in January 2008, the uh, press release came out. We became a Conica Minolta dealer and the other brand, the rep with them sent me. Uh, an email after he saw the press release. I wondered what happened to you. Hmm. Um, but it was, you know, I had been looking for uh, a manufacturer for quite a while. And, but I was really excited about Conica Minolta because their color was so good. And that's really what I wanted it for primarily. But then also there was occasion that there were those bids that, they required new equipment. And so it it really got me uh, excited about copiers again and got me back on the right track. So if you have to spend $1,500 on a fabric store and hours of your life, at least there was some good that came from it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we it, it was a definitely an experience. That's, that's the say the least like it. It was... Uh, um, but I think it was good for her uh, to kind of do it because she's seen that it was a lot more work than what, what she was used to doing um, um, with a different kind of sales. Um, she was waiting on people to come to her to buy fabric when she used to go out and just jump drum up you know, and cold calling um, to sell a copier. So she found out she could sell that one copier more than she could sell 25 rolls of fabric and, and get. So um it was a lot more work and so it was definitely a good experience for her to, to, to go through it but you know i think it's back in with it is you know we've seen that has you know as, as a pivot renee thought okay this is a pivot we can we can add this owner business oh it'll be easy we can just do this it'll make extra money and all this stuff like that so she had a this just like we all do sometimes we have this big idea of how it looks in her mind and it sometimes and sometimes most of the time but sometimes <laughs> it doesn't work out the way we exactly have it figured out. So you got to make that decision is what's the next pivot? Am I going to get rid of it? Am I going to keep dragging this on? Um, sometimes you got to kind of just uh, bite the bullet and kind of say, okay, let's, let's next. What are we going to move to here? Let's, 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 let's just this business and let's kind of kick it up a notch over here and see what we can do with this. Yes, which is exactly what we've done at the time. So this has been, has been 15 years ago, yeah. almost exactly 15 years ago. And so, so much has changed uh, and with the whole world, but I learned so many lessons. The first thing that I want to share with you is if you have a passion, it's not necessarily a business idea. And if it is your passion and it becomes your business, it doesn't always stay fun like it was when it was just a passion and not a business. <laughs> and 
sometimes you can rethink what you're doing and you can you can add something on that is to the same prospects that's that's solving a different problem for the same prospect whatever and it 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 can reignite that passion for you for what you're doing it doesn't have to be something completely different now there are times that that happens and it works out great but I wanted to share this example because it in hindsight, it, it was a failure, a big failure. And I could hardly talk about it for a little while because I knew that I had really, I had wasted a lot of time. We were lucky we got money back and uh, I learned a lesson and all of that. But it, you know, it wasn't the, long after that in about a year, we needed that space. After we um, became a Conica Minolta dealer, we grew quickly, like our revenue was triple within a year. And we hired more people, we hired another sales rep, all of that. And so we, what had had been the fabric store became new office space. And um, it, and what we had, you know, the expense that we took on with the building was no longer just an expense, it was a needed thing for our business. And I wish I had looked at that. So Earl always used to have a saying when we got in business, we're not going to be a yard sale business. Mm-hmm. And so when I was pricing things, he, you know, he would caution me, don't negotiate so much that it's not profitable. This is not a yard sale. And he, you know, and we we have maintained that through the years. But I have to say, before we when I looked at that building, I was looking at it more from that point of view instead of a business point of view. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at it out of fear and just trying to figure out how to get that to take care of itself so I didn't have to worry about it. Instead of thinking, how can I make my business more profitable that I need this space? And that's more what you had in mind. Right, growing, because that's why, I mean, even when we first started a business, I mean, right before we really done much of what we were doing, I was looking at building a building, and I mean, I was looking at this bigger building to build and all this stuff like that. And I was looking at kind of the bigger picture. I was kind of like, you know, and now, this 10,000 square foot building, we use every bit of it. Um, we, we've, you know, between office space and storage and things like that, we use every bit of it. Now we don't rent it to nobody and we use the whole building. Like that. So um, I think that's what it was. Once we kind of started seeing that aspect of it, that's when our business kind of took off. We kind of got focused back on it and see what we needed to add to hit and how can we make this better instead of trying to add something different, um, a different business on with it. And we've seen what this business, what we could add to hit to make it better. Yeah. And so I think it is important that if you're looking at doing something, you, you can really, you can say, instead of like I was looking at it, you can say, how can I use this to where I was looking at it from a fear point of view? Oh, no, this is added expense. Now I've got to cover that and this. You can look at it from how can I expand to use this and make it and and use this space to make profit because that's really what business space does for you is it helps you make more profit. Either you're holding more inventory or more employees so you can serve more people. Now I see that. At the time, um, you know, I was new at it and really I had that, salesperson mentality more than a business mentality at that time because we hadn't had employees yet and all that so I was looking at it just from an expense point Mm -hmm. of view instead of how to make it profitable 
And I think in business, that's what we have to consider is, you know, how is this going to, you know, serve my customer better? And if I'm serving my customers better, then I can serve more of them and I'll, you know, I'll get referrals and all of that. Now I know that. At that time, I was operating from fear, a little boredom, um, wanting something new and different. And if, you know, if there's something that scares you a little, it doesn't mean that you have to let off what you're doing. Let it push you toward something better instead of holding back. Exactly. I like it so, because that's what everything we look at in life like that. And you want to have a little fear to it. If it's not scaring you a little bit, it, you may need to look at that because you should have a little fear going into something because like this is going to be hard. Um, everybody thinks, you know, owning a business and everybody out there that owns a business or, or does something with it. I mean, you know how hard it is. You know, people think, oh, business is easy. You know, you just you do this and you just go do this and, that, and there's nothing to it. There's a lot to it that people don't see. And sometimes even as a business owner, we miss that ourselves sometimes. We go, oh, this is going okay here right now. Let's do this. And and then when we, we say, okay, instead of doing that, what if we just turn our focus here and work hard at this that we could probably do better? Yes. Yeah, I think it has. Um, we have been successful through the years because uh, I had that bad experience at the fabric store for one thing. And I didn't want to do that again. <laughs> Well, she has bought other things, too. We won't get into too much on this flight yet. I mean, like getting on eBay and buying a whole office space. And I had to take another 26-foot truck and drive to Georgia and pick up all of it. Oh, like yeah. It. That's just, that was just a side note. That wasn't a new business. That was just a purchase. And then she actually done it again. And I called the guy back and says, look, I'll pay you to keep it. And I ended up paying the guy what she had bidded on it. And they let him relist it and start over. Well, I will say that was a really, really low amount. <laughs> so it is if you have a business partner that'll keep you in check it's good but it's also good that they'll listen and let you take those chances because there's probably been maybe that'll be another episode there's probably been some things that i wanted to do that you said no to that worked out great <laughs> i'll have to think of them because <laughs> nothing's coming to mind right now but i know there there has to be some but earl thank you for being with me again today Always fun. And thank you for uh, not divorcing me over the fabric <laughs> store and helping me always through the adventures of business. Always fun. Sounds great. Have a great week. <laughs>